When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gonna take it. Got it! wins! Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome to another episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Bob Ryan. And uh, as you can tell, Bob, I have my Carolina Hurricanes hat on here (laughs) as I'm now a, a charter member of the fan club due to my my daughter Talia, who uh, we, we we flew down of all teams. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how. I can't even explain how Bob again. This isn't even she's not old enough to remember the Whalers. No, she's not. But she gave me she loaned me her 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 jersey for the game. Um, a, a, a Svechnikov uh, Whalers, you know, kind of retro throwback jersey. So I wore it. I was a good dad. It's the first time I've <laughs> I've worn actually, Bob. Honestly, it's the first time I was able to like really cheer for a game in a long, long time. Because think about it, like I'm either going to NCAA, you know, college games where I'm not cheering or I'm going to a Celtics game where I'm not cheering or an NBA game, you know, but very rarely do I get to go to a game. And I was so invested because of my daughter. Sure. I felt like completely by the end of the game and it went into overtime, like every Carolina Hurricanes game does these days. (laughs) By the end of the game, we got back to the hotel um in Raleigh and I was like beaten down I was so exhausted now again it was a 24-hour trip where we saw Duke Carolina yep then we saw NC State uh yesterday morning yep um and went on a tour there bumped into Tyler Hansborough which was kind of cool oh really what's he up to he so he got COVID this past year and he was going to play in China and he said once you get COVID China won't let you in like that's it and they even kind of kick you out if you if you yeah, have so. COVID there, you're you're basically gone. You can't play again for the year. So he he took the year off. He's 34, 35 years old now. Uh, time flies. Amazing that Tyler Hansborough uh is still not in the like if you had told me Tyler Hansborough would not have played 15 years in the NBA. Yeah, I thought he'd have a career. I, I wasn't ready to put him in the all-star game, but I certainly thought he would be a a, right. a journeyman uh work for horse. Yeah. Yeah, I would have expected that. Um, by the way, the crowd in Carolina, like we won't talk much hockey talk on this pod yeah. right now, but we will talk about the crowd itself. They probably had 14,000 in there out of maybe 17 or 18, whatever it holds at the PNC arena. That place was 
I, I mean, it was just cool to have an atmosphere because sure. I went to the NCAA tournament. There was no atmosphere it's there. It's funny you mentioned that because back uh, way back when I covered a Bruins Panthers series, series, a hurricane series, Thanks. excuse me. Yeah. And they were trumpeting that they had the greatest crowd in, you know, in the league. That, that was their big deal. Really? So I was there passing judgment on the crowd and giving it the thumbs down. It's good, but I've heard better. And oh boy. <laughs> that was very go good the well. other night. That didn't go over well. No, they were, they were real. This is funny. I'm, they're still, they're still, you know, noted for that. Good for them. It's great. But I mean, I do remember saying that that was a big deal to them back 12, 13 years ago, whenever the hell it was. I don't know. Couldn't be longer than that. But, but uh, you what. The Bruins, have to look up when the Bruins played the, played the hurricane. And uh, I, I was there. Playoff <laughs> hockey is fun to watch. Oh, playoff hockey is tremendous. There's tremendous. nothing. Hey, I'm sorry. It's a basketball podcast. I've been in basketball my whole life. Yeah. Played basketball. I love basketball. I, I, I got, and there's nothing like Stanley Cup overtime is the tensest thing in sport I've ever encountered. Yeah. yeah. Stanley Cup overtime. Anywhere. When you know it can end like that. Yep. And and so often it ends when one team's having a good rush and, and they pepper them and they don't score. And then boom, the other way, over. So quickly. Well, yep. again, the Canes were no. I mean, they, they, they had a goal disallowed uh, in, in the second period. Then the third period couldn't score. They get one late in the third. And next thing you know, they got the <laughs> momentum and they went in an overtime. And so it was fun. It was, it was right. a lot of fun. That's you know, great. anything you can do, you know this, um, with your daughter. Oh, you yeah. know, especially for me, I got one kid and she's gone to college in about a year from now. So it yeah. was like, if I got to pull her out of school and, and we made it at least justified to pull her out of school where we could see some, you know, Duke, Carolina, NC oh, State, no. it, it was worth it. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, good Tremendous. for you. That's great, Dad. Very good. Well, we got uh, some right. the basketball world's been rolling along let's, with, let's, I think, tremendous opening of the playoffs. I really do. I think it's been fun. And I, you know, between the one ones and the, and the, there's two two O's that, that of note. One is the they should hang a white flag outside TD Garden tomorrow night rather than the game. A giant white flag and saying, "Okay, no moss." Yeah, Roberta Duran, Roberta Duran style, throwing the towel. We're going home. Right. That's so it. We, we don't want to be embarrassed by Kyrie anymore. Like we don't want him to come into Boston and embarrass us like there's there's going to be nothing worse than that bob when Kyrie goes for 30 plus and he's <laughs> smiling and stopping all over the celtics oh it's it's going to be painful to watch all right well so that and then, then there's a 2-0 where i can't wait to see the fallout when the clippers go down after you know you, you consider that since they got good now they were the worst franchise documented I argue that they were the worst franchise in all major American professional sport for a 30-year period. The Sterling era was yep. relentlessly putrid. All right? Relentlessly. Yep. Then they got good. In 2015, they go to the playoffs with high, high hopes, and they blow a 3-1 lead. So in, since 19, 2015, they have lost two 3-1 series leads and a 2-0. Wow. And now this year, they lose the first two at home. And, you know... It looks like disaster again. What a what a star-crossed franchise. I mean, but, well, but you, we is... were talking a year ago. You know, we're all talking about, hey, can the Clippers win this thing? Can they beat the Lakers? Can they win it and be that team that, again, Kawhi's coming off winning a title in Toronto. Yeah. He comes home. Paul George is home. 
can these guys team up and beat LeBron and AD? Not only do they not beat them, the Lakers win it, right? The Clippers yeah. bow out early. Lakers win the whole thing. And now they've lost two at home. Yeah, two at home. in Dallas. Like, really? Yeah. Oh, no, I know. It's, it's, I, what happens afterwards? If, you, know, I'm, you almost can't wait to find out. You know? Well, they got to make a move. I mean, listen, if, if something, if they lose in this series, I would think uh, something's got to be done probably with Lawrence Frank, I would okay. assume. I would assume it goes that high, right? It goes that high. Well, Maybe, you know, again, are you going to get rid of Ty Lue after one year? I don't think so. And what other changes? You got to make roster changes because right now your, your, your big two is fine, right? Kawhi and Paul George are fine. The rest of the team right now, you know, Kawhi, did, Rondo, have Kawhi, Kawhi did have 41 in game two. What's that? But Kawhi did have 41 right. points. Yeah, that's but what I'm saying. Like, the problem is Kawhi's they have 69 Kawhi. points the two, between them, and the other three starters had 14. Yeah, you can't, you can't win that way. So, no, you can't, you can't play that way. Well, they don't make people better. That's the big thing with Luca, right? Look at what Luca oh. does for Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. to me is a fringe NBA player who's putting up 25 in playoff games right now. Like, Luca makes people better. Kawhi and Paul George do not. That's the big differentiator for me. Well, that, that's, that's a big differentiator because I, I resist that terminology, but, we, but I just simply choose it's all matter of semantics. Uh, they allow people to be there at their best. They they, sure. they bring out the best in people. Yep. Uh, that you know, and this all started with Bill Russell. This phrase about making people better. And uh, right. all right, you know, you, you, what you're doing is you're you're enabling them to be their best of themselves. That's that, that you know. That's all right. Anyway, yes, the Luca is bird-like in that regard. You know, I mean, the, the, this is this is the comparison which people are asking. Is it fair? I'm getting asked this question. You know, as an elder statesman and a birdologist and and a bird suck up and birds. You know, and all that. And the answer is, yeah, he's the close. He, he has elements of bird. The biggest difference right now, Larry had that panache. There was something, there was just a connection with the crowd. There was something about Larry. There was a, a, a swagger to a degree, you know. Okay, but, it, but if Luca played in Boston, wouldn't well, he have the same thing? I don't know. I mean, pers- oh. his personality. I mean, I, I don't know his personality personally. I don't know what he's like uh, when the ball's not in his hands. I have no idea, you know. I know, you know, but anyway, Larry, Larry was, but Larry was kind of standoffish, wasn't he? Not, well, he, he always connected with the crowd. I can tell you that. But, but, but off the court, did he connect with the fans? Like he connected on the court. Yeah. Larry yeah, really yeah. didn't connect no, that he, much he, off he, the court. He, did, he, did, he wasn't a hermit, but he, you know, but he didn't go out of his way to interact necessarily. No, he didn't. I, I agree to that. I, I think but, Luca's got the personality. I actually think Luca's got a better bigger personality than Larry but Larry like you said Larry in Boston on the court at that time just absolutely Larry and and it evolved you know to where Larry actually got to a point where the game got boring and he had to spice it up for his own (laughs) amusement and I'm not making this up but when he went to that left hand game you know not that and and in a seventh game against Detroit took a 15 foot left-hand banker just because he could, you know, when Luca gets to that stage, let me know. Now yeah, I'm just saying, he won't. He but, won't. No, but, I'm dead, but, right. but the elements, the technical, the technical elements of the game are bird-like. There is no question. If, if Dallas beats the Clippers and beats them handily, let's say they beat them three, one here. 
Yeah. Like, are we starting to put Luka now in the in the discussion of, hey, maybe he is a top three player in the league this early, yes, this young? No, that discussion got started last year. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, no, he said he's going to be in any discussion of that nature if this continues on this course. Uh, yeah, he would definitely be. Because the there. winning, the winning to me, listen, you can put up all the numbers you want, but until you win at a high level, yeah, you're, you're kind of just another all-star. But, yeah. but when you start taking a team that has no right getting deep into the playoffs, and if right. you can do that and beat the Clippers, yeah. Um, yeah. and obviously then, I mean, on it, they get they get Utah probably. Maybe Utah or Memphis. I mean, Jaws got to go for 50. 43 or 47 wasn't enough. <laughs> he needs to go for 50, evidently, uh, for Memphis to beat Utah with Donovan Mitchell. But that would be the next step for Luka. And, and why can't why can't he get past Listen. Who's your money on Utah or Luca? It might be on on Dallas. Yeah, well, because we've been we've been posing the, the the question not out of disrespect but out of logic and and, and experience. How good is Utah, really? You know, based on the regular season was wonderful. Last night they were the team that we that we've seen. They were nineteen for thirty nine on threes, and that that you know that that's who they have been all year. And, and weren't necessarily in game one, but they were in game two. And and uh, if they're gonna if they're gonna get back to the normal selves, how about as an aside, this is unpre- how about having finishing one two in in six man award? Very I, cool. I, that blows my mind. I, that that hasn't gotten enough. That's incredible. They were one two in six man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love how Joe Ingles uh, gave Jordan Clarkson the award, and you yes. could just tell like most guys in Joe Ingles a little bit older, mature, whatnot. And he's an Aussie. He's a good bloke. Yes, he is. He is. And you can see it on his face when he's an Aussie to Clarkson. And uh, Jordan Clarkson's been tremendous this year. I mean, really good. Good on you, mate. That's what he said, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So so we got, you know, Dallas looking to stick a a fork in in the Clippers here soon. You know, the Utah-Memphis one's been very, very entertaining. It's, it's going to be, continue to be. And, and if Memphis doesn't, they, they, I, I, they might go say, I think Utah will assert itself finally. There's a reason why they were one and Memphis was eight. And Memphis came in hot. We know that. They had one eight out of nine coming in. And they got the or, or encompassing game one. And and they're going to put up a good fight. But I, I don't think they'll go longer than six. I, I, I would think. How, how upset are you that Chris Paul is hurt yet again? Uh, you know, it takes the fun out if he's not. I mean, uh, yeah. It, it it's it's predictable almost and sadly it's yeah. totally predictable and and it's uh, it's so sad because it takes the fun out of it for us first of all you know that diminishes phoenix's chances but for the neutrals that's just as a fan i was looking right. forward to a good long knockdown drag out and and i i, I you know now for up to about eight minutes to go they looked like they were going to survive it because cameron Payne was having the game of his life was that was a seminal moment in the nba was it not at that moment? Yeah, I mean, he's come from, you know, this guy that was picked higher than anybody thought he'd be in the draft, didn't live up to expectations, looked like he was going to be out of the league, uh, and now he's come back and, and that delivered. Was, he was tremendous. And, and yet he had that big bucket at the end of the third quarter, right? And, and he was gone. But then finally the Lakers, you know, there's a lot we can, um, we can take away from that. Of course, we know Anthony Davis, the whole narrative, he, he completely lived up to what he made a profit out of. Out of he, I'd love to run the clip from LeBron right now. Remember what LeBron said? that the history is of when he's down, I'm paraphrasing, but when yeah. Anthony Davis has a stinker, he always comes back strong. Well, you know, there's exhibit a, okay. So he made a profit out of LeBron 
and Dennis Schroeder had a terrific game to keep him alive. But when they, and, and I'm not diminishing with uh, Anthony Davis did 34, what that 10, I oh, was seven, uh, three blocks. It was tremendous. But when that game was on the line, it was the King yeah. who said, okay, I'm here now. I will show you how it's done. And, and if you just looked at the box score and, and didn't see the game, you wouldn't understand the impact that he had on the game. Right. The timeliness of his contribution or the difficulty of those shots. He made one shot that I, I say well, had a degree of difficulty of Simone Biles, <laughs> you know, <laughs> doing the Lukachenko or whatever that thing is, Yurkachenko. But uh, he, uh, he, he made the big baskets and what a beautiful assist, if you remember from the corner on that bounce pass in uh, to uh, Drummond. And he was, he was LeBron, you yep. know, and, and um, uh, it, it was, a, it was a LeBron show in the end. So, you know, that, that was, that was nice. Yeah. I wanted a good series and I, 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 but Paul sitting there watching with that look on his face was, was just not, was not good. Was sad. No, 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 not, not, not good at all. And and again, now it's a shoulder. It's been a hamstring a couple of times, you know, it's, it's something. Uh, almost you know, every you know the Ratner said, it's always something. Whatever. It's always something. It is always something with Chris Paul, <laughs> but you know, I, I think with a healthy Chris Paul, this thing could go seven. Oh, I was looking forward. I really thought it would. Uh, or, you know, a really great six, epic six, or go seven. And um, yeah, you know, I, I'm disappointed in that. So I, I hope they can find. I hope they can, you know, get the magic wand waved over his shoulder, whatever. Yeah. The Ryan and Goodman podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The other, all right, so the other big surprise, I think, in the first round so far would be Milwaukee uh, up 2-0 on, on Miami. It was a close game uh, in the in the opener. Yeah, and, man, did they, right from the get-go, blew them out in game two. Are you bought into now Milwaukee being a title contender because their bench is so much stronger than you, it was you, the last um, couple of years? And you, and they have a guy named Drew Holiday instead of Eric Bledsoe. Keeping, you know, the, yeah, in your mind that you don't want to overreact ever to anyone, you know. But but I think I, I have been thinking in the terms of, all right, if they're going to, this is what they can be. And are they going to? Are they going to be the best of themselves? Which they haven't been in the playoffs the last two years. So Holiday makes a difference. There's no question. Holiday makes a difference. And um, yeah, I think they're, I think they're the bigger, a bigger threat to the, to the Nets than Philly, by degrees. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not putting Philly down. I'm elevating them both to a good status. But I do think that the, the Milwaukee I've seen, I would put uh, give a better chance than 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 Philly. Yeah, I, I love what what our our former guest Jan Horst has done with that that uh, second unit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean they they come in now and they've got some weapons. Yeah, and, and they never really have that. And again, obviously, Holiday from Bledsoe is an upgrade pro- on both ends of the court, really. Because I think you have to except that Middleton is, you know, is a star. And yeah, I mean, you know, he's got to be a star. He's, he's got to be. That was a big time play on, on, in the game one. Yep. And, um, you know, and he's, 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 you know, he's there. And of course, Hubie was rhapsodizing about him having the whole game, you know, all, you know, the long range game, the mid range game, yep. you know, the, the get to the hoop game. 
you know, and that's true. So that's nice. It's good. No, it's, I, so they're, they're, but, but I, I uh, no, I, I don't want to bury Miami, but uh, Jimmy Butler had better, uh, as Cher, I'm, I'm quoting all these celebrities, as Cher said, snap out of it. My God. Well, their chemistry doesn't look like what it was a year ago. I th- honestly, like oh, last it year. Really, it was peak yeah. at this time last year. Right. Yeah. Bam was exploding on people's face every night. Uh, a, a hero couldn't miss. No. You know, yeah, you're right. Uh, they were There was something better going on. Can they find it? I'm going to be curious, you know, to see, but I, yeah, I think they can maybe get one of two uh, at home and, and, and turn into a little bit of a series, but th- listen, the, the best series, the best series might be the New York Knickerbockers oh. and the Atlanta Hawks, like in terms of everything, right? Like the drama, the, you know, the fans, obviously at the garden, the Knicks coming out strong and, uh, winning a game for the first time in the garden in, in, in what, almost 10 years? Yeah, I think it's 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Randall, uh, Julius Randall didn't even play well. I mean, he was he didn't make a field goal in the first half. Julius Randall is not shooting well. Right. We know this. I got the numbers here. Um, they are. Uh, he's 11 for 39. I, I think that would classify as not shooting well. Yeah. However, he is still helping the team. He's had 12 rebounds in each of those two games still. He's defending because he's become a defender. He's had four assists in each of those two games. If you recall, the beautiful pass he made on an entry pass a dish off to Gibson for a big dunk down the stretch, which a, any guard in the league would have been proud of that pass. He's helped. So, you know, so we don't want to fall into the trap of only judging him by the scoring. It'll come, I would think. He's just proven himself over the long haul this year to be a terrific player. Yeah, just so they're, they're where they are despite him shooting 11 for 39. And I think they have to thank that that's going to end, you know, that it's going to get better. But you're right. The whole, the story, the crowd itself is a story. Yeah. The idea that basketball, and we wonder what it would be like when people were saying all year, oh, if only the Knicks could have a crowd, this team has got, you know, it's got people's imagination. Well, guess what? They're getting a the crowd and it's all coming true. Um, and I'll say this about the New York fans. During this long, ugly drought, they never stopped coming. Right. People were still anting up the money. I mean, right, they, they were coming. Uh, they never gave up or they never, you know, voted with their feet. You know, they, they shut out the bucks. They kept coming and now they're getting a reward. And after the game, the scene after them, like, it's like they won game seven of the World Series. Uh, I mean, of the finals. And uh, that's great. I, I, I'm one of these people that, uh, you know, I yes, I'm East Coast centric that I believe it's good for everybody if New York's good because New York good gives you a polarizer. Everybody gets involved. People love them or hate them. If they want to hate them, that's fine. They'll show up and hate them. But I, I think it's good for the to have the Knicks as, as a viable team in the NBA. How about Derrick Rose? Oh, the kind uh, of resurgence of Derrick Rose has been uh, so cool to watch. And, it is. You know, a, a kid that like everything came to him so quickly. Uh, MVP, he was going to be – I mean, listen, people would have thought Derrick Rose would have won multiple MVPs. He was potentially been the best player in the NBA. I have spoken about this often, and I don't mind speaking about it. I love it. Uh, When I first saw him in Memphis in person, I said, oh, my God. He did two things that I, at a level I had never seen. There's some strange burst he had at the end of his drive where he had a, like the, they talk about late life on the fastball in baseball. He had late explosions somehow to the, and you had to see it in person. 
to believe it. The other thing was an ability to move laterally in the air, right? Uh, left to right and score, start off the left side of the basket in the air, wind up scoring in a, you know, in a way that I had never seen anybody do to that level. And I said, in order to appreciate Derek Rose, you really have to see him in person. Yeah. You can't get the feel, the whoosh, the, the you've got to see it in person. Uh, that, he was special. I, I wouldn't have said that about him more than two or three people ever that I ever saw. And, and, and all the years I've seen it, I think I like to brag. I've seen every great player in the last 60 years, you know, and I have. And this was different. So anyway, for him to lose that due to the recurrence of injuries was so sad. And then floundering around, you know, different lo- – and and then really getting dumped in the Knicks doorstep by by the Pistons, right? I mean, you know, and look what he's doing, and 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 he's really become the second most important player. And, and you know, they don't win. Well, especially yeah, at the point guard spot where they've they've really <laughs> really struggled. Oh yeah, with this Peyton thing of ceremonial starting, and then you know, he gets the hook of it. Uh, oh no, Rose has been. It's quite. Uh, so I'm I'm. It's it's a treat to watch him play. All right, so two other uh, Eastern Conference uh, storylines, off-the-court storylines oh, I want yeah. to talk to you. We'll start with uh, the, the, the fan who dumped yep. popcorn on Russell Westbrook. First of all, not a smart move to mess with Russell Westbrook. Like, if you're <laughs> going to dump popcorn on somebody, uh, don't dump it on Rui Hachimura. He's like the nicest kid in the world. He's not going to – he'd probably smile at the fan. Yeah. Um, but you dump it on Russell Westbrook, bad, bad move because – Russ would have went up there and, and kicked his fan's ass. We we know that. If he could have gotten there, he, he yeah, would have yeah. gotten there in that fan. It wouldn't have been pretty. Um, like, what do you do with these situations, Bob? If, if you're the arena or the NBA, do you ban this guy ever from attending an NBA game again? Uh, it's been done, right? Or at least, what, well, Utah, right? Yep. That, you know, uh, wouldn't bother me to do that or, or you know, or a five-year probation or something, you know. Uh, something, some, something serious. Yeah, you, you can't because popcorn is harmless. Coffee isn't. Uh, for example, well, when they wouldn't have coffee, but you know, I, I, uh, the humiliation of a liquid would have been, you know, uh, would have been so demeaning and so, you know, insulting and so despicable. Uh, popcorn's harmless, but it's it's the idea of it being. Oh no, it, there's there's no defense for it. None. Uh, people wanting to get, uh, you know, it's just, uh, what can I say? It's, it's so, so self-evident that this is a reprehensible thing. And it yeah. just like gets worse and worse. I think as the years, you know, these so many fans uh, have a feeling of like entitlement. Oh, I know. I paid my money. I can say and do whatever I want. And, and that gets me into my next topic, yeah. which was Kyrie Irving. Oh boy. And he was asked about coming back. He's returned to Boston for the first time with fans since he he left and went to Brooklyn and his quote was, I'll read it. Yeah. Uh, It's not my first time being an opponent in Boston. I'm just looking forward to competing with my teammates and hopefully we can keep it strictly basketball. There's no belligerence or racism going on, subtle racism or people yelling shit from the crowd. I'm not the only one who can attest to this, but it is when he was asked uh, about encountering racism uh, prior in Boston, you know it is what it is. The whole world knows it. Well, it's opening a wound in a in a city that has had to deal with a certain reality. Number one, and and then an attempt, I believe, as as a, a transplant resident of, of almost sixty years, to uh, uh, 
dig out from this to, to, to rectify itself to be better, but it's not perfect. Of course not. And I, I, I'll say number one, I don't think this is indem- uh, restricted to Boston, number two, but, but it, uh, he opened a wound and, and he did it. Uh, it's a taunt to the crowd to, uh, he knows it's going to be hostile due to his, the, the nature of his departure, right. which was, you know, not good. And, and, and so he plans the flame. Uh, this is a big story in Boston, and I think it's well presented by my former colleague. Well, I shouldn't say former because I still do write <laughs> a little bit for the Boston Globe. Uh, Gary Washburn held it on page one of the Globe today. Now, for people um, here's and who happened to be an African-American, Barrett Gary Washburn, he's an NBA writer of long standing. The comments added an unfortunate element to this already disheartening series. Irving suggested he's heard racist remarks from fans in Boston before and did not want to be a target. He painted Boston fans, at least some, as out of control or belligerent, willing to scream any remark to pierce the psyches of opposing players, especially ones like Irving, a former Celtic who reneged on a promise to resign with the club. Get this one. Friday is going to serve as a critical moment for the perception of Boston and its progress with race relations. Whether it's fair or not, the national sports landscape will judge Boston on its behavior on Friday. It's a monumental stage for the city, a stage it didn't ask for. That is articulating it as well as anybody could. They has put Boston uh, on notice, as I said. It, 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 it's, it is patently unfair on his part uh, to do this, knowing who he is. And, uh, you know, this is... <clears throat> Kyrie is an amazingly <laughs> fascinating, endlessly complex person. And, uh, and but, but uh, here's my take, Bob. Here's my take. Like, and Kendrick Perkins weighed in and said, I, I, I played here for seven and a half years. I came back as a, an opponent. I never heard anything racist from any of the fans. There's a big difference between racist and fans yelling um, mean-spirited things. They, they, they yell them at whoever it is who comes into Boston. <laughs> Now, Kyrie, it's a different level because of how he left Boston, that everybody thought, you know, he was going to be here and then he left. And then you add on the fact that, obviously, the Celtics have no chance against the Brooklyn Nets. So the fans are pissed off uh, having to watch Kyrie beat their team. Obviously, if it gets to the point where it's racist, um, that's at a different level. That's crossing the line. We know that. But is it crossing the line, you know, with some of these fans – that are going to get on Kyrie Irving because they don't like him. No, this is what it's going to be impossible to, to differentiate. And, and, and it's going to be interpreted by people, some people, you know, as, as if living up to exactly what he said, that's going to, you know, that, that there was a, that Boston is eternally racist and there's a, they're eternally going to, you know, well, it's, it's, there's, I can, you know, speaking as a, a, a white male, uh, it, it's so incredibly uncomfortable to be accused of racism when you know what's in your heart. And, 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 you know, I've, I've been accused of it uh, from at times, including in a book, which uh, was preposterous, was preposterous by two guys. I knew one of them I considered to be a friend though. And, and, you know, it's ridiculous. And, and, uh, but boy, what a frustrating thing it is, but now he's put the whole city on, you know, on that defense. Yeah. You just want, you know, again, and, and Brad Stevens was asked about it and he said, listen, uh, Basically, obviously, this is something that, that um, 
you know, the, the arena, everybody's got to be aware of. And if something happens, you know, we'll take care of it or hopefully we'll take care of it. But Kyrie never expressed anything to me while he was in Boston. And, and that's the thing. It's, you know, he hasn't played here in front of fans yet since he left. So, like, yeah, you're getting it on social media. And that's probably where Kyrie is kind of talking mm-hmm. about this right now. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, I get it. Everybody gets it on, on social media. Social media is, is a disaster in some ways because people don't have to do it um, in person. You know, you don't know who they are, a lot of these people. Right. Oh, yeah. But, but again, I feel like, yes, Kyrie, you're going to get some hurtful comments thrown your way because fans don't like you in Boston. But is that any different than anywhere you go right, around, the, around the country right now? No, no it, it's at a heightened level in Boston. And Kyrie, there is nobody like Kyrie. Right. Not only now, ever. I have, I have no – there's no for a comparison of the total package – Everything, the skill level, which is enormous, and but the strange psyche, you know, the the willingness to engage in, in nonsense such as the you know the, the earth isn't round, and then laugh it off later on. That, you know, he just wanted to make people think, oh really? Okay, you know, there's somebody that, as I say, uh, he's a he's a psychiatrist dream. I mean, he's like he is, and or a nightmare because I don't know if you can figure. Well, it. yeah, well, I mean, but but he would put you know Benjamins in the. There'd be a lot of visits, you know. So I sort he's a psychiatrist dream in that regard, too. Um, yeah, I, he, there's never been anything like him. So for him to be the guy to say this, of all people, you know, it's one, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, that's the whole issue here. It's him. Uh, it, it, there's never been anybody like him. And this is going to so be. What do you think it's going to be like Friday I'm night? Are Boston to... fans going to be more reserved because of this, or does I'll... it get to a different level? I, I, I'm not confident that's going to happen. I think that the assholes are going to prevail. I mean, not prevail. They're going to, they're going to manifest themselves and, and, and have him saying, see, I told you, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm skeptical. Yeah. I'm very worried about that. I, I'm uh, Tony Maserati uh, on the tweeted, you know, for people who don't know, he's a, a radio host in Boston who was a former writer um, said the best thing would be total silence. Right. Ignore him completely. Well, it would. Well, can't do that. Don't don't hold your breath on that one, folks. It ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. It would Absolutely. be great to just to, to just ignore him. You know, do the the, the version of the, the holding up the newspaper. You know, when they when they announce the starting lineup, right? That that one. But uh, who did that first? By the way, I wonder. And that's a lot of questions of that nature I have about sports. Yeah, who's the first good... ones to do that? You know, who's the first ones? Who's the first pitcher to point to the sky when there was a pop up? If you didn't know that there was a pop up, now they all do it, <laughs> right? Right. Who's the right. first person to slap palms after a missed free throw? That one drives me crazy. Yeah, I, I don't get what that. What did that start? Who's doing? Somewhere, someone started it. Anyway, I think it's, like, it's a new book for you, Bob. It's this a new is, book. This is a whole great area of inquiry that I have. <laughs> Interesting questions that you don't think about a whole heck of a lot. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking of going to the game Friday night, but honestly, to watch. If it were a competitive game, if I thought the, the Celtics would have yeah. had a chance, yeah. I would go. And uh, and they're going to have – are they going to have full – is full? it full crowd? I mean, I'm not positive. I'm not even positive about that. I don't know if they're having it or not. I, I thought they did increase, but I don't know if it's going to be, you know, like the Canes game, it was full in the bottom and up top. Um, 
they, they only sold probably 50% of maybe the seats up top. So I wonder if they'll do something similar uh, in Boston, but well, yeah, it's, they, not, they, it's going to be the, a lot of eyes are going to be on what, what does happen for the wrong reasons. Yep. And, you know, that, that's the worst part for the Celtics is nobody cares about the series anymore. No, now no, all they no, care no, about no, is to see what Kyrie's going to do or what the this. fans are going to do to Kyrie. All about this. It's so sad. It's a, you know, no, now part of it. Okay. Boston, you know, Boston has to answer the stuff. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I cannot deny that, but I do think I, I do honestly believe as somebody who's lived there, I've seen it improve, you know, but you never, you're never going to erase. Hey, just look at national any city. I got, look at national politics and, and then tell me that you, 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 we have a reason to think that everything's hunky dory. It's not. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you this every week. Who is your favorite to win the NBA title today? It is the Brooklyn Nets. Wow. Now, I, 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 I just flipped. They, they may be an unstoppable force. They may be. They may be. Now, I know they're going to have to play deep. We say this. You know, my favorite saying. Everything's true till it's not true. Okay. So that's why I don't care if you're, if you got a 3% chance, that means you got to, there's a chance. All right. Uh, now about some, okay. No team in my memory or in my awareness has ever just bombarded their way to the NBA title. Right. They've always had to D up at some point. And, and many of the champions were built around it. You know, the original Celtics with Russell, uh, you know, uh, the Knicks of the seventies, the, you know, the, even the Bulls, I mean, the Bulls, without the defense of, of Pippen, Rodman, and Michael, you know, they were a tremendous defensive team. Okay. And the Warriors could D up, even. The Lets are going, could they be the one to break the mold and keep winning 140 to 127, 131, 119 every night on their way to the title? Until it doesn't happen. It, I'm saying it could happen. What's a team, Bob? What's the most high-powered uh, trio? Uh, like, at the end of the day, like, all right, Kevin Durant's going to go down as a top 10 player, in my opinion, um, I think, ever to play the game. Okay? Kyrie and Harden will go down as top, I don't know, will they go down as top 50 players? It depends on the length of the career, for particularly and whether Kyrie gets through a career without getting hurt or, or missing, you know, half the games due to personal reasons. I mean, they can both go down as Harden is going to be a fascinating historical uh, artifact. I mean, they're all – listen, the three of them are clearly top, I think, ten talent. Kyrie, it's so hard to say because of Kyrie when you put everything in there. But they're all – if you drafted up, I think if you drafted right now – Kyrie would go somewhere around the top 10. He'd go around the top 10. His talent is right. unquestioned. So, like those three, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, give me the most talented trio you've ever seen on one team. Is it possible it was Bird, Parrish, and McCam? Um, certainly, you have to throw them into discussion. I mean, where's Robert Parrish sit among? Top, in my opinion, I think he's a top 10 center. He's certainly no worse than a top 12 center. Bob Paris is damn good. He was. Well, he can damn, run the damn court. Good. Yeah, and, I mean, you look at the remarkable consistency of his shooting. Yeah. Remarkable. Take a look, somebody. Go look. Go to basketballreference.com, and, and, you, and you will be reminded about what an amazingly consistent shooter he was. And the only reason his points ever went down was shots attempted, yeah. which they, you know, that was only that. He was always, he was relentlessly between, you know, 51 and 57% for like 
12, 12 years in a row, is it? Anyway, he's a great player. And block shots, run the floor. Okay. Um, I mean, you, know, you can go step, you know, you can go Katie. Who's the third guy we play. can go with, with set this, uh, you know, the Splash Brothers and what? Who's third? Draymond? It was, no? it was KD when he was there. KD, KD that year. Play. Yeah, that group. Yeah. They're certainly that group yeah. is, is, is clearly a nominee. They won. They clearly won. a nominee. Right. And it may be the winner. And still, you know, the, uh, I, I, yeah, right. I think that that's, I, other than that, you know, the Lakers, you know, Matt, uh, Kareem, um, Michael, and actually Kareem Magic and Worthy. Worthy, yeah. yeah. Kareem was, but Kareem over. Had, was over the, you know, past the mountaintop. He's still very good. Yeah, but that wasn't vintage Kareem either. It was vintage Michael, and it was vintage Michael. I keep saying Michael. It was vintage Magic, and it was vintage Worthy. And Worthy's, you know, Worthy's a a, a tremendous player. Worthy's a top 50, 50, 60 player. Yeah, I would say fifty. I would give Worthy so, top fifty. So that that's enough. But but I do think that uh, Curry, Thompson, Durant's hard to beat. I mean, a lot of people might say, like, think about this, like. I wouldn't do it, but KG, Pierce, and Ray Allen. Yeah, um, that you got to throw them in there. Uh, right. they're, oh, they're they're certainly they're 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 getting a they're getting an Oscar nomination. You know, right. yeah, they're 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 being a nomination. There's no question. Yeah, it'd be interesting to hear people's responses on what is the best trio. Yeah, that ever played together. You in- know what was intended to be, but didn't happen was the first original one, which was Chamberlain, Weston, Baylor, wow. and and. Wilt, the first year, uh, was hurt a lot. He was around for the playoffs when they lost that famous balloon game, game seven. But he missed games in, during the season. The second year, Elgin was too old now. El- they, they, they caught Elgin at the end with too old and too many injuries. And they lost to the Knicks in game seven and 70. Um, but Wes was at his peak still, but but the other two weren't. So they didn't That's hit it. That's where you look at, KD, Harden. They didn't hit it at the right juncture. They're all kind of in the prime. I mean, KD's a... I mean, he he certainly looks like he's in his prime when he's healthy. Oh, no, he yeah, yeah, right. When that's the other thing you're right about about uh, Durant. I mean, about Garnett, Pearson, Allen. Right. They all had plenty left in the tank that first two years. I mean, in '09, KG got hurt, right? And they lost. Yep. They lost. In '10, Perkins got hurt in Game Six, and you know, and Rasheed Wallace, what they didn't show up for him in Game Seven. <laughs> And, uh, you know, but they, they came very close to winning three in a row, believe yeah. me. Yeah, they did. All right. Well, listen, uh, we will have plenty more to talk about here next week. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do you agree more... that the playoffs are off to a great start. Oh, a lot of enticing things going on. I didn't even get to one of my little favorite topics. We're going to see if he, how it goes. The boxcar numbers that some people are putting up, you know, crazy. Dodges, the Jokic's, the Morant's. Oh, he had 47. Oh, what the hell? You know. Uh, the, how about this one? This must be frustrating for the BM. Seriously. If you're Damian Lillard and you're playing out there in the left coast, yep. way up in the tippy, tippy, tippy top of the west left coast, your game started midnight in, in the East. Yeah. He's, his two games, while well, nobody's looking at 34 and 42. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's talking about it. Nobody. <laughs> talking about him. I know. I, that's been the story of his career for the most yeah, it part. Is. You it know? Is. Whether it was college at Weber State, <laughs> yeah. most of mo- most of his time in Portland, obviously last year in the bubble, you know, people people started talking about him, and he and he made the All Star team this year. But um, yeah, he's he's been overshadowed and continues to be overshadowed, especially in the Western Conference. So, all right, well, listen, uh, make sure you subscribe, um, you leave us any reviews. 
Yep. And uh, come back every single week on the Ryan and Goodman podcast. Thanks for joining us.